0: stop commercial time hey friends so do y'all remember how we decided together that 2022 would be our year our year to be selfish the year that we start finally taking the steps necessary to get our financial lives together y'all remember that well i decided to get my financial life together by opening up my first investment account and investing in the stock market Now, all I have to do is actually learn how to invest (laughs) and I hope you'll join me. My good friend and season one guest, top 100 financial advisor and founder of Building Bread, Kevin Matthews has put together an easy to understand, easy to follow set of resources for newbie investors just like us called The Investor's Toolkit. The Investor's Toolkit is a seven module course designed to guide us step-by-step through our stock market investing journey we need this friends well if you're ready to stop talking about it and be about it click the link in my show notes to access the building bread investors toolkit and if you use the link in the notes you'll also get a special sugar-free discount y'all know i'm gonna take care of you friends right good now back to the show the look and feel of the show has been elevated from season 1 to season 2 it's like you know when you see your favorite reality star season 1 they ain't got no hair and makeup they be busted cuz you know like they be like oh the little makeup i put on myself is going to be all right and then they go home after season 1 they be like oh no look at me all season and then they get a bag got a bag and fix my teeth right season 2 everybody be coming back bling bling shiny 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 right looking their best self and so it's like as you get more, as you get better, as you have more money, as you build more traction, you are able to level up certain things. And now you're listening to The Sugar-Free Podcast. Welcome to the tea party, friends. Now tell me, girl, how you like your tea? You know it's sugar-free how you like your tea up in here we like it sugar free come through stop by get up with me What your girl sitting Mac, i'm a little crazy Ooh, right here with me it's where you want to be let's get it sugar free yeah. now tell me girl how you like your tea you know it's sugar
1: free yeah We're back for another review session of the Sugar-Free Podcast. And I'm your guest host, Mackenzie Back. Last season, season one, I was just getting my feet wet. But this season, I'm ready to dive in, get the tea. Maybe this time I'll share a little more of my own tea, but we'll have to see. But before we get into season two, we're going to bring on your beloved host, Sydney Mack. Sydney, let the good people know who you are and what you do. Hey,
0: y'all know who I am and what I do. Let's just go on ahead and get into these questions.
1: Okay, so we're on season two. I want to say congratulations to getting to season two. For one, Um, that's a feat in itself. So kudos to you. And you started off the season hot out the gate right? With size, weight, and wellness. For me personally, weight is a lifelong journey. I will always be on trying to maintain. And I always have this internal struggle of, do I want to eat the snack or be the snack?
0: (laughs) Girl, the struggle.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We all struggle with that. (laughs) Always, always. So do you have that struggle? And why did you think this was important for us to talk about this season?
0: Yeah, I think we all have that struggle. And I think that we're all trying to figure out what a good, healthy size and weight looks for us. And so I talked about it on the episode, my own struggles with weight and kind of yo-yoing, going up and down and up and down. And I feel like it's really important it was really important for me to discuss the topic from the angle that we discussed it at because you rarely hear people talking about how much they weigh. Like we just look at the people and they look fabulous. And sometimes people might mention size. I think baby lion. That's a whole nother story. (laughs) (laughs) There's a whole nother story because now that big booties and big thighs are in, I'm like, ain't no way you telling me all them booty and all them thighs. Cardi, Meg, Serena, fitting in a size four. It ain't happening. I know what the size four look like, and then y'all want to wear the Louis, Gucci, Fendi, Prada, La Balenciaga. I know those sizes. They not the same as them New York and Company sizes. Okay, they not the H and M four. Okay, they are like the the Nordstrom four, and the Nordstrom four is smaller than the the H and M four. So. I just feel like there's a really a lot of unhealthy discussion in today's society. When you look at the people on television, in the magazines, they're not telling you how much they weigh and they're probably fudging a little bit on the size. And so internally, it just makes you feel bad when you're like, wait, like. I'm not 130. I'm not 140. I'm not 150 pounds. And then you also go to the doctor and they're reinforcing the idea that whatever's wrong with you is related to the fact that you're not 130, 140, 150 pounds. And I'm like, that don't even make sense. The math is just not mathing because I feel like I look great. I feel like I do all the things I work out five or six days a week, I'm eating well, I'm drinking water, I haven't eaten meat in six years. And I'm just like, it it don't make sense. Like, there's no way that I'm overweight, that I'm fat, that I'm unhealthy. And so I just wanted us to have a real honest conversation about weight to say like, hey, if you're 185 pounds, there's nothing wrong with you. I'm one hundred and eighty five pounds, too. And so I feel like it's similar when we talk about pay disparity. Right. It's hard to know if you're being paid appropriately. If you don't know what other people are getting paid, it's hard to know whether or not you're weighing an appropriate weight or size without knowing what other people weigh. And so since we don't talk about it, everybody's just internally like internalizing all these feelings of inadequacy or feeling like they're overweight or they're different from everyone else but really we all at home being sad about being 180 pounds why (laughs) why and if I wouldn't be
1: sad with 180 (laughs) (laughs) or whatever whatever your number is
0: whether it's 180 whether it's 200 Whether it's 210, whether it's 150, 130, I think the point of the episode was to make sure that people understood that you can be healthy at 200 pounds. You can be healthy at one seventy five. You can be healthy at one fifty. And so it was about being transparent, open and honest, vulnerable about what those scales and what those numbers look like, because I'll say this. I got a lot of comments from people and they were like, oh, I wouldn't guess that you are more than 140, 150 pounds. That's the problem we have in our minds decided what one hundred and fifty pounds looks like. And that ain't what it looked like.
1: Well, I think it was decided for us, right? With mm-hmm. the BMI charts, with the models, with this and that. I think it was decided for us what that looks like. So I appreciate you change, ch- trying to change that narrative. And your math is, is the kind of math that I, I like. <laughs> so, But some of the listeners didn't agree. They took it as you were saying, it's, un- it's okay to be unhealthy. What do you say to those people?
0: Get off my page, troll. <laughs>
1: Bye. <Hayden>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wanted to say. But, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion. And I think that a lot of people who said that took my words out of context. So I post a lot on social media And I post clips and and I post clips that I think will be conversation starters that will get people intrigued and interested in the episode. Like that's kind of the point. But if you just take the clip at face value without really reading the caption, without going in and listening to the episode, you could take it that way. So I don't want to say that that person is wrong. I'm just going to say that maybe they didn't really delve deeply into the heart of the episode and not that person, those people, right? Like maybe you didn't actually go in and watch the episode or listen to the episode, because if you listen to the episode and not just watch the clip, you would have understood that the message was the goal is to be healthy, not skinny. And health can come in lots of different packages, lots of different weights at many different sizes. So another thing that I didn't share on the episode was that I'm also a size eight, right, which is considered to be like a good like size in terms of um, weight and wellness. But I'm 180 pounds and all 180 pounds of me fits in a size eight comfortably. Right. Like, no, I'm not 150 pounds. And so um, it was more Along those lines. And so the people who I think misunderstood the message just really didn't tap into the episode. And so I would encourage all of y'all to really go back and listen to the episode, not just read the
1: headline. So have you made peace with your body? And if so, how did you get to that point?
0: I will say I'm still a work in progress. Um, I'm still striving to be 100 percent comfortable with my body. But I I got to that point because I just couldn't do anymore. I'm like, there comes a point where you're just like, I'm going to be miserable. And so for me personally, um, I think that the goal for a healthy lifestyle is truly creating a lifestyle that you can implement for long periods of time, not a diet. And so the reason why I have yo-yoed a lot in my health journey is because I've been on diets. And once you're off the diet, there's really not a great transition plan to help you maintain the weight loss. It's like you you get off the diet or you decide, like, I just can't Eat air anymore. And then you start gaining the weight back. And so, my goal on my journey has been to try to implement strategies that I can carry through long term. And where I'm at right now is just like, I can't cut anything else from my diet. I haven't eaten meat in six years. I haven't drank alcohol in six years. I cut out sweets three or four years ago. So, I don't. You know, it's like I limit my carbs. I'm like, there's just nothing more that I can do like that.
1: That's twice. My- <laughs> Blink twice if you need help. Like that, that, that sounds rough.
0: <laughs> it's honestly it's not bad because once you start changing your habits, they become habits. And the foods that I eat now are good to me, like they taste good to me. Maybe they wouldn't have it at twenty five. But at this point in my life, I'm like, OK, whole foods, fruits, vegetables, vegetables, without a whole lot of manipulation, they taste better to me in a lot of instances than the candy and the sweets and stuff like that that I used to have as my go-to. And so I feel comfortable now, but anything more would just feel uncomfortable, like I'm not able to live my life. And so I just had to get to a point where, you know, these hips gonna be what they gonna be. Um, I also, so this is also something we didn't talk about a lot on the show. I've always had really big breasts.
1: Our
0: whole family. And for women, right? Like those out at pounds. They 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 pure fat, they add poundage, and they also can make you look bigger than you are um, when you're top heavy. And so I am a 34 double D. And I've had people ask me if I've had a boob job before, like all kind of crazy stuff. And no, like I'm just Top heavy. And sometimes it can make me look bigger. And sometimes it makes the scale look bigger than what I might actually look like. And so that's something that I had to come to terms with as well is, you know, there are people out there paying to have these boobs. Let me go ahead and just embrace them.
1: <laughs> right. Let them
0: out. <laughs> I, you know, and even that, even that, it's so funny that were on this topic because I was looking back at um some old Facebook posts where I was venting about a woman who had asked me if I had fake boobs. Literally, this woman had asked me that. And I was venting because it was an insecurity of mine. Because when you are a young girl, and so I've had big boobs, even when I was like 13, 12, 13, and you have larger breasts you're told to hide them. Right. Like you can't wear this top because your boobs are big. It's inappropriate for you, even though all my friends. Right. They had the spaghetti strap on. They had the V-neck top. But I'm told because I, I look fast. I look hot. I look grown. But I'm trying to wear what my friends are wearing. Right. And so from a very young age, you, you start to feel shame. About those parts of your body, because when you want to wear the clothes that all your friends are wearing, it looks different on you. It it looks grown. It looks fast. You trying to, you know, look older. And no, I just I wanted to wear the little spaghetti strap top like everyone else. And so that's something that I've had to um, change the narrative around internally as I've gotten older is like, girl, Put the spaghetti strap top on. You can wear that. It is for you and you look great.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just make sure they're in the top. Okay. <laughs> make sure they're in the top. And I have big boobs too. And my I use them as a gauge too to my. I use them like as I was happy to have them. Um, because I, you know, you have like um the muffin top and stuff. So I've always had like an extra around the middle. And so I always was like, if my stomach don't stick out further than my boobies do, you know, they say booty do, but boobies do, (laughs) then I'm winning. So like, (laughs) I just try to make sure that, you know, I do my, my cardio and I try to eat right so that they, they, my stomach don't stick out further than my boobies do.
0: Right, and then having bigger boobs gives you a yeah, extra. Hell, it gives
1: me a little bit more room, right? <laughs> I feel so, you. you know, like <laughs> yeah, but like I
0: said, as a as a bigger top-heavy woman, sometimes they can also make you look bigger than you are because you could be putting in all that time in the gym, putting the weights in, but you still have like the circumference of the front of your body is still fairly wide looking. So, you know, it just, it's just all these things. I think that you internalize um, as a woman from a very young age that as an adult, you have to start to rewrite the narrative in your mind. And so I'm still on that journey, but we getting there.
1: We all getting there. Mm-hmm. Well, making sure we're healthy. well, and in a good way, can lead to stress. Mm -hmm. And in episode three, you talked about overcoming burnout. Um, And I listened to the guests talk about the symptoms of burnout. And it sounded like a regular Tuesday to me. So I felt like I needed to reassess my whole life. So how do do you, have you experienced burnout?
0: Well, I, so I feel like I had, and I think that for a lot of people, We've experienced it, but we hadn't really been 100% cognizant or aware of what we were feeling or what we were experiencing. Like, I think we throw around the term burnout a lot without really knowing what it is, (laughs) you know, just like people talk about, oh, I'm depressed or you're depressed and you really don't know what the clinical definition of depression is. It's just something that has become so commonplace in everyday vernacular that we just throw it around without really like having a good diagnosis for it. So I felt like her really breaking down what it was, providing us a definition, giving us the symptoms was helpful because there might have been people out there who didn't know they was burnt out. but after looking at the symptoms they might have thought, oh, I'm just regular stressed out, like this is normal. this is totally acceptable. Um, no, it's not (laughs) like you're burnt out. And so I've definitely experienced burnout before, but I think that her definition really helped me to get a better idea. Now, like I, I know when, like I can see the signs coming earlier so that I can try to stave it off because I'm like, okay. I'm having trouble focusing today. Maybe I need to check in on myself. Or, okay, I'm, you know, feeling a little achy. My body's feeling achy. Like, maybe that's a sign. And so I think that she just helped me to have more clarity about what it is so that I can be more in tune with my body so I can make changes before I get to burnout and depression.
1: Right. And what typically gets you to burnout like what things in your life leads to you getting even close to that point life
0: (laughs) life child i mean i don't i don't know how to describe it so i feel like for us we just have always been burned out honestly i feel like a lot of people don't realize how much work we were putting in to getting even to college so me and my sister were division one athletes and in order to be a division one athlete on a full scholarship you got to put in a lot of work a lot of hours we were both did very well in school so you know balancing practice traveling to golf tournaments every week making sure that you could stay eligible by keeping your grades up. We also played basketball in the winter time on varsity basketball, varsity golf. I sang and did competitions. Um, there was a period in high school where I was singing with a band. And so we would have like a professional band. These were professional musicians. So we would have practice and rehearsal at like 9 p.m., <laughs> <laughs> and I had a job. <laughs> yeah, you had a job in, in in high school. And so we've just always been going, going, going under the premise that we have to do all the things in order to be successful. And as I was doing my research for the episode, so y'all know, I, I try to do research on every topic, that is characteristic of a lot of millennials experience. And the research said that from a young age, we weren't even allowed to just play, right? Like the play had to be purposeful. Whereas generations prior, they could just go outside and kick a ball around. Like there was no going outside and kicking a ball around. It was like, if you want to kick a ball around, you got to be in practice. Like we're we putting you in soccer. You're gonna go to soccer two days a week, and you're gonna be running drills. And and so it's like even from a young age, every single activity that we did was organized, it was structured, and in a lot of ways, it was competitive. And that competition means that you have to thrive you have to excel you have to win you have to do better right so it wasn't just like oh I kicked the ball around today cool have fun it was like you didn't score today you did not (laughs) you know score any goals we lost and it's your fault and so growing up like younger before we got to high school we played soccer we did tennis we did ballet we did acting we did dance we did singing volleyball volleyball, like everything everything and so being in that type of mind frame since basically kindergarten I talk about that And the show. Like we've been working hard since kindergarten. And so we've grown up with that being the mindset and the expectation. And so it can be hard to turn that off as an adult, but we've been doing this literally for 30 years and I'm tired.
1: I understand. It is hard (laughs) to turn off. Like I try to play golf now for fun, quote unquote. I don't know what that looks like like what kind of people
0: so tell the people you used to play golf professionally T- tell the people about your golf journey girl
1: so played division one golf I um played professional golf had Tour status um a teacher played competitively my whole life pretty much and now I I do sometimes but not so much it's now it's it's recreational and I get invited to play And it's like just for fun. And I'm like, I look at them and I don't understand what golf just for fun is. Even in my tennis class, I picked up tennis. And I know Sydney gets on me too, because I'm like, oh, I gotta get the that old lady in my tennis class because she beat me. But she's like, can't you just enjoy the class? And I'm like, I'm trying. I'm trying to enjoy the class. But all I know is compete to be the best. And so I completely understand how having the struggle of trying to turn it off. And if you don't, it, it's stressful. It's just stress on top of stress on top of stress if you don't ever cut that off. So yeah. knowing that now, if you decide to have kids, are you gonna change that in, your, in how you raise them or how do you think you'll be different? I mean,
0: I don't know, but I do want to allow my kids to prioritize rest. And that is something that I feel like we don't necessarily actively promote within children. They may get periods of rest, but it's not something that we articulate in a way that signals to them that this is important. Like we need to have periods of play. We need to have periods of competition and we need to have periods of rest like this is our time to take a break. This is your time to do nothing. And so I think that I will change it. I do want my kids to be competitive. I do want them to be successful. But I'm going to say, hey, Sundays, we rest. We're not doing no schoolwork. We're not doing no golf we're not doing whatever, no activity. This is our rest day. And so just to get them in the habit, because it's really about habits. And so now that I'm an adult, it's really difficult to break the habit of always being busy because that's all I've ever known. And so I think that had there been more emphasis on prioritizing rest when I was younger, I would know what that looks like. And so now I'm hardwired to have the gas pedal on go all the time that it is a significant effort for me to take my foot off the gas pedal. Whereas I feel like had that been something that I had already had part of my conditioning as a child, right? Like, I don't think that a kid will be any less successful if they take one day off a week like now that i'm older i'm like the the world literally is not going to crumble because i take a mental health day it's just not and if it does then you're not doing the other 6 days right <laughs> right like if you're doing if you're putting in the time when you're at work when you're partaking in your activities and you're productive and you're doing good work and you've built up good rapport with your people they understand that you're you're good for it. Right. Like your brand has aligned with you being a good employee, all that one day off ain't going to it ain't the world's not going to topple. And so I want my kids to understand that you can prioritize yourself at least one day a week and the world ain't going to end.
1: Well, you can I'll be sending my kids to your house <laughs> for that lesson. You're <laughs> not.
0: <laughs> uh-uh, you yeah, you can send them on Sundays because we're gonna be resting okay. and they, they can rest with us, but <laughs> no, I ain't cook that means mom ain't cooking on Sundays. That means mom is not cleaning on Sundays, that means the whole house. Is down on Sunday, and so it's if you the day of the Sabbath, so it's the day of rest. So if, if they want to come over and rest, they feel free, but they ain't getting no snacks, they ain't getting no cookies. This is a a, a do it yourself day. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, so they want to stay report home. Have to report to. <laughs> There's gonna be food in the fridge, you know. Maybe we we've cooked on Saturday, right? We we meal prepped on Saturday. They're gonna be food in there for you to eat, but I ain't cooking it. If you done saved up your coins and you want to uber eats yourself a sandwich cool do that but the expectations for everybody on sunday we
1: rest amen mm-hmm. i think that i think that's important and studies show that you you're better when you take a rest right athletes successful people they do take a rest you have to recharge you have to Get your mind right is what we call it. Get your mind right. <laughs> uh, so you gotta I'm have so that surprised
0: time. to hear you say that because you don't rest at all.
1: That's why I'm sending them to your house. <laughs> I don't think that I I, I can do that, but I, I recognize that it's important and um and I'm doing my best to make sure to take that time off. Um, but I just am like, oh, if I got a minute, let's. Let's pick up a couple more coins. Let's let's like meet somebody else. So mm-hmm. I'm working on it. I'm a work in progress.
0: I, I'm not it judging
1: like, you. It looked like
0: it. I'm judging you. <laughs> but I can do that. You're your family. I I you know, I, I sit in in lack of judgment at all my guests, but you're different.
1: I can judge okay. you. I'll take it it's not judging
0: it's holding you accountable Mm
1: -hmm. is that what we're calling it
0: that's what it is yeah
1: okay okay well i'll take it if you say it is it is Mm -hmm. so we're working all we we've been conditioned to work hard and you say be on go the purpose of being on go is to be successful right and get a job get a job that we love and um can earn some coins in and so in episode 12 you had a um, Guests, come on and tell us how our resume should be to get the job and she said a lot of things of what we should have in a resume to get selected in that process and after hearing that i realized that jesus truly was covering my resume because it looked <laughs> nothing like she described in the episode especially early on in my career so i immediately made changes from listening um, did you
0: did but this is this is so I want to say this as well, right? Like, there's more than one way to be successful at anything, and so I value all of my guests and their individual expertise, but I also recognize and understand that somebody else may have a different way of doing it that is equally effective, and so.
1: That sounds I, like you got a, a three, four page resume. <laughs> and, and you, you don't have a one page. That's what that sounds like.
0: No, I'm cutting it down. I'm cutting it down, Chardonnay. <laughs> I'm cutting it down. But I just want to throw that out there because I don't want to say that what I was doing before Charnay's advice was necessarily wrong because it was, I got a job. Right. So the goal is for it to be effective. And so it was that. But now that I have have Charnay's advice, I have implemented it and put it into practice because I think that we can all find ways to level up and be better. But I don't want to just jump out there and say that what I was doing before was just dead wrong because it was working to some degree. I'm not unemployed, you know. So, so. you still
1: got the three on your on your resume. Yes let it go let it go <laughs> I can't <laughs> I can't <laughs> you, I you can't. gotta have a 3.5
0: well on an undergrad I did have a 3.5 and so I put that I had above a 3.5 in undergrad so that's there but listen unless you have gone to law school and you have struggled then you're not going to understand my attachment to like that is a a sign of my struggle okay and and you can feel however you want to about it and i told Charnay, she could be mad at me about it later but for me it's a sign that i persevered i got through and i got above a 3.0 because i'm going to tell you A lot of people in law school don't get a 3.0. And so I'm not talking about kindergarten. If you had a 2.5 in kindergarten, you should put that on your resume. Like, no, you probably shouldn't put that on your resume. But if you in law school and you got above a 3.0, to me, that was an accomplishment to me. I think it's an accomplishment for others. And so for me personally, I ain't taking it off. And the other reason I ain't taking it off is because, So I started law school my first year, I had a 2.7. So I had to work my butt off to finish with a 3.1. I had to, I was career in it. So in golf growing up, we used to call a a career um, record round career in it. So for me in years two and three of my legal education, I felt like I had to bust my butt to get that 3.1 to bring it up from a 2.7 and so it meant a lot to me and I'm leaving it and we could just argue about it later
1: we can get you a plaque hun we can get you a plaque you can I don't need a plaque wall. I got a resume Bye. <laughs> Let
0: me have it. Let me have it. Okay. I don't eat meat. I'm not getting no uh, alcohol. I'm not getting no sweets. Let me have something. This is it for me. This is my vice.
1: Once you get to a certain <laughs> years out of law school, it's got to come off. Boo. It's got to come off. Trauma. Apparently. Mm-hmm. But it, I get what you're saying. And now growing up and graduating and doing and accomplishing things, I completely get our mom our mom went back and got her her doctorate in education. And after she completed it, you had to call her Dr. Mom. Like she only went by Dr. Jean, Dr. Jackson, Dr. Mom. And my whole life I was like, mom, really? Like, let it go, <laughs> like let it go. But it was something she persevered through having both of us with her, single parent, got it done. Um, and moved through her career so it was a badge of honor for her and so I completely get it then leave me alone (laughs) but it's not 3.0 and a doctorate it's not the same cachet but it's okay you you can have it so tell the people how long is your your resume is it one page
0: no it's two pages
1: Period on um, period. Okay, <laughs> yeah, got it. Yeah, got yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I asked <answer> the question. <laughs> got it. Got it. I, uh,
0: but, my- but I'm in the process of trying to have a one page version of my resume. Um, I just haven't had time because I've had other things going on, but I am going to try to have a one page version and a two page version, but I need two pages. So this is what Charnay said. And Charnay, call me girl if I got it wrong. But Charnay said that if you are director level and above, then you get the second page. It's if your early career that you should be implementing one page. And so in my heart, I'm director level and above. So I'm giving myself the
1: second page. See how that works. I got you my I have <laughs> a media kit per se that includes a one page resume so you can pull it out but it, I feel like it doesn't give my whole essence like it doesn't give enough so Charnay we're work we're trying okay we're trying and at least we'll have an option for a one page and we're director level and
0: above so right in my heart that's that's what I'm up that's what you know whether I am on paper or not that's that's where that's where I want to be I want people to look at my resume and say oh she's director you know because I don't feel like I'm not a director at this point in my career not because I don't have director level experience director level skills like I'm a boss it's just that unfortunately the people who are in power and hold the cards and get to determine who gets to be a director and a VP have a point to be, but I'm not, I don't hold myself to their standards. they got nothing to do with me. That's their business. I say I'm director. So I'm directing stuff. Producer. I'm getting two pages.
1: <laughs> and the GPA. Take it, girl. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> So let's jump into this other episode that was I thought was very interesting Um, that ended. And I wasn't the only one, apparently, because it was your highest rated episode of the season. Um, And it was talking about like rich auntie vibes and life without children. So were you surprised that the the response you got from women that were open to it and were like thinking about it?
0: I actually was really surprised that so many people were interested in the topic. So after filming the episode, so generally after I film an episode, I know, cause I'm a producer, y'all know, I, I'm a producer, you know, I be producing and stuff. So generally after an episode, I get a feeling like that was a good one. You know what I mean? Like, and, and all my guests are fantastic, but you know, Actually, seeing people respond to it the way that they did was really eye opening because women don't want to have these children. That's what I took away from it. (laughs) Like, women are at a point now where they're like, Do I have to? And if I don't, I don't want to.
1: Right. And it's okay. Right. I think that's key that it's okay. You do have a choice. And you can prolong it. You could. You don't have to do it before 30, you know? Um, I think that was what I took away from it, is that it's okay. I have a choice to yeah. have or not to have. Yeah,
0: it's just like giving each other permission to reevaluate the status quo. And I feel like Isabel does a great job of that through her show, through her online community, if you follow her on Instagram, her whole thing is like you can give yourself permission to say no. And I think just that message alone is so empowering because just like the body weight, the body image, the burnout, like we have all been conditioned for so long that this is what life is supposed to be. And I feel like we are all trying to unlearn that thinking in our minds of what we're supposed to be doing, what life is supposed to look like in all of our lives. I feel like we were told you're supposed to in order to be happy. Right. And so, like, these are the things that will get you happiness. You need to be married. You got to have the white picket fence, the two kids, the the husband. uh, You know what I mean? And so it's like the American dream. Right. It's this dream that we were sold, all of us not just women, men, women, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, everyone was sold on the American dream and the American dream always included 2.5 kids, right? And so we, we've just all internalized that in order for me to be happy, in order for me to be successful, these are the things that I need to be doing. And now we're saying you can be happy you might even be more happy you might even be more successful without these children without the husband so that was the other episode that I was like um, the season finale on open relationships I could not believe how many people I had writing in saying like I'm considering open relationships or ethical non-monogamy or polyamory or saying I've been doing this for 10 years or I've been doing this for five years because I've already recognized that the status quo isn't working and it's not working for me. And right. so I think that the new American dream, the new narrative that we're trying to put out there is that as long as you're happy what, and you're not robbing, killing, stealing, infringing on anyone else's happiness... Whatever you do to make you happy is the American dream.
1: Amen. Amen. And and I'm so glad you brought all of that to light in the in this season. It was so much to unpack, so much tea shared. Um, a lot of kikiing, as usual. That's singing, all I know how to do, girl. Singing, laughing, and and there was there was a studio audience, a live studio <laughs> audience this season. <laughs> <laughs> I heard some laughter Some <laughs> clapping Some hooting and hollering Make sure you get some of that for me On my episode You know make sure you add that in
0: well, I'm just It's the magic of editing Right so And I talked about this In the New Year New Me episode Is that sometimes We don't move forward Because we don't have it all figured out Or it's not perfect and so for me, this whole podcast journey has been biting off this elephant of a dream one piece at a time. And so the first season I was like, I just need to get started. I didn't have the money to invest in like a fancy photo shoot at the time. I was like, but I got an iPhone, right? Like, let me use the tools at my disposal and put together what I can. And as I continue on in the journey, I will level up when I can and where I can. Like the look and feel of the show has been elevated from season one to season two. It's like, you know, when you see your favorite reality star season one, they ain't got no hair and makeup. They be busted because, you know, they be like, oh, the little makeup I put on myself is going to be all right. And then they go home after season one. They be like, oh, no, look at me all season. And then they get a bag, got a bag and fix my teeth, right? Season two, everybody be coming back, bling, bling, shiny, 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 right? Looking their best self. And so it's like, as you get more, as you get better, as you have more money, as you build more traction, you are able to level up certain things. Right. And so part of that is the sound effects. So, you know, we've had more sound effects as I get better in my knowledge and education as other people lean in to support me like my big sister who sponsored my first professional photo shoot so I can have professional photos for season two right like you you know what I mean like people lean in the resources you need start to come to you but you can't use a lack of resources you cannot use a lack of knowing as an excuse not to get going like you'll
1: figure it out absolutely and I'm so happy to level up for this review session of season two when my Sydney sugar free glasses. So excited. And so you talk about leveling up. Are is there gonna be a season three?
0: First of all, let me address these glasses. Because <laughs> <laughs> what we're not gonna do is skate by the glasses. So for you all <laughs> out there who are tuning in at home and can't see, so y'all know when y'all see me out in the streets and you see me on the internet, I be having my signature faux lasses that I picked up during the pandemic and so my sister decided that she was gonna get some faux lasses and so they say that you know imitation is the sincerest form of flattery so I am a hundred percent flattered but I'm also a little bit annoyed and let me tell y'all why I'm annoyed because growing up I can never have nothing to myself okay growing up it was like oh Cindy has one let me have one too Cindy got one let me have one too and so like growing up people always thought we were twins and we're not twins
1: <laughs> I can't help it. you're fabulous why wouldn't I want to be fabulous
0: because I spent a lot of time and effort cultivating these pieces and my personal style and then you just go you copy it I'm trying to be one of a kind and I feel like we've always (laughs) it's always been that way like I'm gonna put a picture up of us in the two little polka dot dresses (laughs) (laughs) like we've always been matching matching and I'm trying to be an individual but you know I'm flattered and so I I appreciate you so I guess we just gonna have the same glasses I just had to I had to put since we're being sugar-free yeah, I just had to
1: put that out there. But of but course you're in there's Atlanta, gonna Atlanta. I'm in California, so you can be original in Atlanta.
0: Okay. <laughs> but you're on <laughs> but you on my show with the glasses on <laughs> the same exact glasses that I have on. <laughs> it's like yeah, but anyways, in answer to your question, of course, there's going to be a season three. Like, we are full steam ahead. No signs of stopping. Like, I'm on my Kanye. The good kind, the 2006 Kanye. Yeah, two, 2000,
1: one and two. Yeah 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 yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Like, 2004, 2003, 2002 Kanye. But yeah, I'm on my Kanye. I'm on my hustle. I'm on my grind. I had a friend ask me the other day, because y'all know, like, uh, I've decided that I'm going to retire from practicing law in the next few years. And they were like, oh, like, what else do you want to do? Like, you want to go in marketing? And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm going to be a television show host. <laughs> like, period. I think that people think when I say that I'm going to, like, retire, that I'm going to, like, pick some other boring corporate profession. no. The only reason, right, like so if I'm not a, a a show host, whatever, in five years, then I may as well just practice law like I already have seven years of equity built in. I'm not going to leave practicing law and seven years of equity that I've built in that space to go do some other boring corporate job. I'm not doing that. I'm leaving and I'm pushing myself to leave so that I can fulfill my dream and my purpose of being a full-time professor and show host. That's what I'm doing. I love it.
1: I'm so proud of you because you, if you don't say it out loud to people, um, then you're hiding it right like you're you're not sure you're not sure and for you to say it and be proud of it and be excited and be moving towards it like i'm so happy for you cuz this has this has been a long time coming right like it, this didn't just ha- like you didn't just have this revelation yesterday um kind of did but <laughs> not really not really you've been in that space your whole life your whole life. Um, You're groomed to do that. So you may have, the light bulb may have popped in your head, but we see it. So I'm so proud of you for stepping in your purpose, in your happiness, and I'm looking forward to season three and um, seeing that level up and reviewing that next time too. But of course, we have sugar-free quickies.
0: Okay. well, I also want to say one last thing. So I also like since I ditched my traditional corporate job this year, I mean, I'm still working at a law firm, so I'm still kind of corporate. But I even leveled up my LinkedIn right on my LinkedIn. It says podcast host and producer. I have my colorful banner of like all my Sydney Mac branded things. And I am really putting out into the universe that this is where I'm going. This is what I'm doing. And you want to know what's crazy and funny. Like, I feel like so many people are so nervous about what they put on LinkedIn because they're afraid like maybe to put their side hustle because they don't know if people are going to look at them crazy or whatever. but ever since I have been a hundred percent open and transparent about what I'm doing like I have been surprised at how supportive people have been and they're like, oh my gosh, it's so colorful. it's so great like it doesn't at all take away from my ability to be a good lawyer, right like but it's just, me stepping more fully into my my purpose and the areas that I feel like are most in line with my goals, dreams, and beliefs. And you would be surprised at the number of people who have been supportive. So y'all, you know, don't don't hold back. Like you're not giving the people who can help you an opportunity to find you when you're hiding.
1: Absolutely. Keep doing oh. it, girl. Okay. You too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that was a message for me, and I received
0: it. <laughs> yes, girl.
1: Okay, sugar free quick fire. uh uh-uh, you gotta, you got a, a sugar free quickie. Oh, oh my! Oh, be- well, you said not to copy you, so <laughs> I didn't know what I should have done. I ain't trying to get kicked off the show.
0: So, sugar free quickie. Pew 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 pew. There
1: you go. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Okay. Leggings or jeans?
0: I'm going with leggings all day, every day.
1: All day, every day. I I think I have one pair (laughs) and that's just because I feel like you should have one, but I'm leggings too.
0: I have a lot of jeans now and I do wear jeans, but if I have a choice, it's leggings.
1: Same. Number two. Beach vacation or winter cabin getaway?
0: So I'm normally a beach vacation girl, but I feel like I want to go with winter cabin getaway because it's something I've never done before.
1: Fair. I had a terrible Girl Scout cabin incident when I was younger. So I don't. That was like in 1995. I, it was traumatic. Don't do this like trauma. <laughs> that was like thirty years ago. So it didn't. Ha- it happened.
0: Yeah, and but it- but 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 see, like in Girl Scouts, we was going to like earn badges and stuff. And so we was trying to start a fire with sticks and all of that. I'm not talking about that kind of cabin getaway. I'm talking about a pre lit fireplace with a little hot tub on the terrace you know, with a private chef and we get up and we go skiing in the the morning. Like, that's my idea of a winter cabin getaway, not staying in a, a leaky cabin with a low-key tent, trying to uh, roast marshmallows and weenies on a little raggedy fire that I started myself. That ain't my, that's different.
1: I, I understand. I think I need I need to go on your vision of a cabin, because right now I'm <laughs> like PTSD on this cabin and... I don't want no parts.
0: No, girl, it, it gets better than that.
1: OK, ain't, yeah, I, I ain't doing
0: that. I ain't doing
1: that. All right. Nice dinner date or Netflix and chill.
0: I am going to go with Netflix and chill. I know in the last episode, Yolanda was like, oh, if you are Netflix and chilling, you're not dating. And she's 100 percent right. Netflix and chill is something that you do with your boo. But I'm speaking my boo into existence. OK, my boo is coming and we Netflix and chilling. OK. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I actually do prefer Netflix and chill over nice. Di- I do love and enjoy nice dinners, but nice dinner is work. And after a long week of being burnt out and doing all the things, it's really nice to just be able to sit on the couch and not have to do anything. Even if my man like handles all the reservations for the dinner, like I still got to put on makeup, I got to put on clothes. And when when you do that for a living, (laughs) right, like when you get dressed for a living because you have to be on like. It's nice to be off. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I want to Netflix and chill.
1: I agree. I agree. I like Netflix and chill. If you catch me out, then I'm going on a dinner date. But if I'm already in, then I'm in. So we Netflix in. Yes. With the leggings. With, with the <laughs> leggings. Yeah, no jeans. <laughs> you, can't, you can't chill in jeans. But anyways, dinner with P Diddy love p love diddy or beyonce
0: i'm going to dinner with diddy
1: <laughs> really <laughs>
0: <Heck> yeah absolutely <laughs> why why I diddy? love diddy Like, I don't know what it is about his swag, his personality, but ever since I feel like we really got to know Diddy in the early 2000s through the Making the Band series. And ever since I saw Diddy on Making the Band, like, I just, I love his swag. I love his hustle. And I've um, watched other documentaries just about the way people talk about and describe his hustle, right? So even though he... Dropped out of college, he had such a hustler's mentality that he was like, "I'm going to be a music executive." And so, like, we you hear about his start at Uptown Records and how he was an intern for Andre Harrell, and he was like, "I'm gonna be the best tag on intern." Like, y'all not even gonna see me as an intern. I'm an A and R executive. I'm scouting talent. I'm helping produce records. Right? Like, he always had this vision in his mind about what he was going to do and he didn't let anybody get in his way and I love people like that I don't really feel like I know one thing about Beyonce honestly I feel like she's been very she's fabulous yes but I feel like she's been very private about her journey and very private about who she is like Beyonce is fabulous and talented but that's kind of all she is to me and I feel like Diddy like is like my homeboy in my head, right? <laughs> like when I when I see his Instagram and when he talks, I'm like, Diddy is my kind of people. Like what would you, you ask know, him? No. Is there one question you would <laughs> ask him? Um the one question that I would ask him is can you go too hard? Like have you ever felt like you push too hard or? Is there there that not even an option? Is that not even a, a possibility? Um, but yeah, just everything from the Syroc, the lifestyle, like the smooth, like I just, I'm a Diddy fan. I was in New
1: York a few <laughs> months ago and I went completely out of my way on the train to get to Junior's Cheesecake. Yeah. Like I had, because that's all I had in my head from making the band, like this has got to be some bomb cheesecake Girl. for it to take up the whole episode. Made these people walk down there and get these cheesecake. So I went like spent half the day getting to this place, and it was nostalgic. Like I was like, oh yeah, like I, P Diddy was here, and the cheesecake was good, but it was just <laughs> it was just because of P Diddy.
0: Well, the other thing like that I took away from Diddy from his show, seeing him on reality TV, is that he's going to push you, but he's doing it to make you better. And I've always appreciated people. Like, I feel like that's one thing about me that a lot of people appreciate. Like, hopefully people know this about me, that I feel like I'm coachable. If you tell me that I can do X and X is going to get me Y result, I'm going to do it. Like, I feel like I take feedback well because I want to get better. I want to be the best and you can't be the best if you can't accept feedback and criticism. And so the people who were able to take bid Diddy's critiques and apply it right, like not get all emotional about it, not get all any feelings and say, what is this man really telling me? What is he trying to pull out of me? And how can I apply that so that I can get to where he like he's, trying to pull you somewhere and i appreciate people like that like pull me diddy tell me what i gotta do i gotta walk to juniors that's it bet i can walk to i can jog to juniors i do five miles a day like what we doing like all i gotta do is memorize the lyrics of juicy bet i want to be a pop star all i gotta do is lose 10 pounds and take these singing lessons bet like when you put in a context of things he was asking these people to do, like he's saying, I'm going to give you the world. I'm going to give you everything you need to be successful. I'm going to put you in the rooms. I'm going to give you a record deal. I'm going to make you a star. And all you got to do is memorize juicy lyrics and eat cheesecake. Run it. I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> like, you know, what I mean? that's
1: it. Bet. I'm in. I can see you doing that.
0: Because <laughs> 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 well, when I think about when you don't have people like Diddy supporting you and you don't have people like that in your corner, it's hard. It's hard. Like, it's hard. It's a struggle. Like, there is no guarantee. I could lose 10 pounds. I could go to Junior's. I can memorize all the lyrics of Juicy. And I, that not get me nowhere, right? He's saying... This is all you have to do. And I'm going to do the rest. Right. <laughs> well, thank you. You know what I mean? You, and, no. <laughs> right. It's like when well, you have to do it on your own, when you're out here, there's no guarantees for your success. I'm out here busting my butt every week teaching full time law school. That is no joke. Right. I have a lot of high level things. i have practicing law every day. And in my spare time, I'm finding every free moment that I can to try to produce this show, to host this show and make myself better, make connections, meet people, get them on the show. Like, right. Like I'm doing all of these things with no guarantee. I don't know what this is going to be at the other end. All I got is a plucky attitude. Right. <laughs> and some some resolve and a vision. But if if Diddy came to me and said, hey, you do this and I'm gonna put you, you you, you'll be performing at Madison Square Garden. What's the, like what's the holdup? I don't understand like what the problem is. That's it. Okay, cool. I'm in. All right. <laughs> Let's eat. Let's eat. Right? Right, girl. So yeah, D- Diddy. I hope you see this. <laughs> Amen. Because you convinced me I'm
1: with
0: Diddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I felt like you were surprised. Like you thought I was gonna say Beyonce. Like, I don't know that woman.
1: You don't know Pete Diddy. I do know know him. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Okay, next question. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Yeah, that's where we have, you know, this puts a strain on our sisterly relationship.
0: I'm sorry you feel that way.
1: Because I'm definitely Android. So... those
0: glasses put a strain on our relationship but here we are
1: (laughs) good thing our love is strong Mm -hmm. thank you again Sydney for having me on I always love kiki with you and sharing the tea as usual and sharing it with your your fans and let's I can't wait to the next season yeah. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining me. Um thank you for being such a great host. And as always, come back next season for
1: the sugar-free podcast. No. Plenty, keep the key. oh, plenty more laughs. Oh, plenty <laughs> more laughs and amazing
0: plenty- conversation oh. and plenty of tea. That's
1: 100% sugar-free and keep the tea party going
0: yeah okay (laughs) woo chow Mm -hmm. what a show we shared some good old tea today didn't we friend thank you for your presence i truly enjoyed you at the tea party and we appreciate you sipping on some sugar-free tea with me, your host, Sid Mack. Until next time, be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Sugar Free Podcast or at Sugar Free Pod. You can also visit our website at www.sugarfreepodcast.com See you again soon, friends, and be sure to keep the tea party going, eh! with plenty of tea that's 100% sugar-free.
1: Meet small business owner, Mackenzie Nicole. Mackenzie's business is growing and she needs forms and templates to legally protect her business from clients, partners, and employees. But she's low on cash and needs to find forms and templates that are legally binding and comprehensive yet affordable. Not knowing where to find such forms and templates, Mackenzie was stressed, until she found Formally Forms, the one-stop DIY legal shop for small business owners, side hustlers, and entrepreneurs. All Formally Forms are affordable, easy to use, and expertly drafted by a licensed business attorney and reviewed by a law professor. So what are you waiting for? Be like Mackenzie and get your formally form or template today.